I'm Willow Astor, and this week on Living in the Pages, I speak with New York Times bestselling author Taryn Fisher. In addition to being someone I admire professionally, she is my BFF, my family, my love. And like most of our conversations, we go from the sublime to the supremely ridiculous. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. Hello, Taryn Fisher. Hello! Is that the sound of ice cubes rattling in a glass that I hear? Yes, gin and tonic. <laughs> and I was going for Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Are you rattling your glass to Josh? How did you know about that? I've seen it in action. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm always too buzzed to notice who's <laughs> <laughs> <It was> around. <laughs> It was your daily habit when I was there last. Josh would just come in the room and you'd rattle the glass. <laughs> he'd turn around and go get another. Well, you have to keep me tranquilized in some way. Oh, my goodness. How are you, little Miss Quarantine? I'm doing great. I'm holed up and thriving. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, you're not so happy to be holed up, but this new office you have is amazing. But also... It's spring and the sky is blue and mm-hmm. I don't want any part of that. So I brought my um, thunder machine into my office. Nice. Which is dark and then I just pretend. Gloomy. And also it helps that you've been writing about. Being holed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I want to talk about this. I don't know if this is the moment, but we may as well get right into it. Tell me about what you go through when you're writing a book, how you start to embody sometimes parts of the characters I don't know how it happens or why but I do at some point in the story start doing that and then depending on what book I'm writing it can be a really negative thing I try to shield the kids but then my partner is always on the other side of the character whose mind I'm living in how long has that been going on with this one since I started and the funny thing is I mean, I can't say too much, but I can't, I'm sleeping even less than I used to sleep. And so I'm kind of slinking around the house in the dark at night. I'll go do, fold a little bit of laundry. Then I come sit at my desk with my heated blanket. Then I wander over and spy on the kids. Oh my goodness. I'm wandering around (laughs) in the dark. You're so creepy. Well, they don't know that. If they woke up, they would would know that. So... Do you know, do you remember for each book what you've embodied? Yes, because I think I create a story around the emotions and then I slip in, you know, as many Mm -hmm. real things as I can. Is it giving too much away to tell us what they were for each book? Wow, I would have to dig to think of each one. Well, we know The Opportunist, that series was a lot of regret wanting to make things right or maybe just figure out in myself where I'd gone wrong and how I needed to steer my life moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then Mudvayne, absolutely. I was going through the divorce and that was just sadness, just absolute being alone and sad. Mm-hmm. I created the story around that. Who was going to save me? No one apparently, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> no one earthly, apparently. And then, what did I do next? Marrow. Mm-hmm. Marrow was a lot of anger because now the divorce has happened. I'm back on my feet. And I'm just angry about what's happened for the last 
10 years of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm angry about what's happening to women. It's all tied into the divorce. I remember thinking that, you know, women, when they get married, they start having children and they build their families. And then if there is a divorce, they're often left pretty destitute because they don't have the career. They haven't been working on the career like their husbands have. And um, they have to start from scratch. And I was not in the position where that happened to me at just the right time. My books took off and I was able to leave comfortably, but it made me think of all the women that couldn't and that were sort of trapped in that same unhappiness and misery I was in. And so that was just a very angry book. I just punched at everything in that one. <laughs> mostly men, mostly men, but it's kind of a justice book. Vengeance. Vengeance. Yeah. yeah. The video of that mom was crazy and inspiring, right? Yes, there was a video on the her baby. internet going around of a mother. You could tell she had some sort of mental disorder. There was something wrong. And she was striking and pinching a baby who couldn't even sit up yet. And, and then the baby would scream and cry and then fall asleep and she would repeat it. And yeah, that made me angry as well. That I don't even know who was taping the video. Why was it? Why wasn't yeah, the person? Right. You know, it's just all. Right, so that went dark really fast. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then my life cleared up a little bit. There's some hope showed up on the horizon. I started writing this very hopeful book mm -hmm. about second chances you get in life and love. And then in the middle of writing that book, my second chance blew up in my face. So then I was stuck with, do I end this with how I really feel? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or do I believe in the original message? So I chose to believe in the original message with that one. Yeah. And that was a happy ending. One of my first in the middle of unhappiness. I like that you did it during that time. A negative optimist. Mm-hmm. And then what came next? I don't know. Atheists who kneel and pray. Was oh, that one in was there. Yeah, that one was great because I had changed in that one. And I did view the world as a different, safer place because of my husband. And so I wanted to write about, I guess, maybe the internal fight I had with love and with him and how I changed from the first book to this one. And then things went downhill again, I think. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. And th yeah, things went downhill. Then there was more anger for a couple years. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know where I am now. I don't know what this is. Where would you say you were with the wives? I was pregnant and then had a newborn and then was raising a toddler. And I was angry because, you know, I have an ex-husband and a husband and I was the only one who wasn't allowed to work because I was the primary childcare for my children. So I was, I was just very angry that this was happening to me again, that I'd found a way to save myself. I'd written myself into this new life and I wasn't allowed to do it. And it was convenient for them and not convenient for me. And so then I was writing a book about how females <laughs> are, are conned into this life and then abandoned there and they get angry and they lose their mind. So I think I was, I was maybe sending a message to mm -hmm. the men in my life. And it worked. Yeah. 
because I'm getting to write now in my, yeah, in social distancing in my office. How has life changed since the wives came out? In that way, I think that I got really angry. I had to prove to everyone that I was very serious about what I was doing. And then everyone started taking me seriously and Mm -hmm. they bent for me. And so I think I have more um, career rights, maybe just more space to work and be myself since the wives. You're not an excitable person, really. (laughs) I'm usually (laughs) the one who's excited for you. But has it happened yet at all about the wives at any point along the way? Where you have this rush of sheer adrenaline and excitement. You want me to say yes? I I would be happy if it were in there, but... Well, I just, I feel like I worked very hard for a very long time towards this one goal. Mm-hmm. Um, probably since I've been 20, I've been working toward this. And I put a lot of sweat and hours and brainstorming and marketing and reinventing into this. And so it just kind of feels like, okay, it, it, the, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting what I was working for. Mm-hmm. Um, feels like it's unfolding finally. And there were lots of years of frustration and crying and all the messy stuff. Do you feel like this recent success is more pressure or less pressure? I think I've grown with the pressure. I think I can do it's neither. I think mm-hmm. I can just paddle, keep paddling. The current changes and you grow more muscles to keep up. And I think the last book, it was a terribly short time frame and I, I managed to pull it off. And I think I'm teaching myself to write in new ways. That's been fun to see. How would you describe the change for the listeners just to know how it used to be and what it's like now? Well, it used to be fighting for crumbs because it's all the things that I've said even big feminist Taryn has been consistently on the end of not having time to pursue my things because I'm supporting everybody else while they pursue theirs. But you've also schooled yourself with the writing specifically. Well, yeah, because we always put, we put all these rules on our ability. And I think we convince ourselves that they exist. We kind of speak them into existence. So we say, oh, I can't write under this pressure and I have nothing to write about and I have writer's block. And I think we just try to talk ourselves out of doing the hard things we need to do mm-hmm. with our art. And when you stop listening to that voice and start working with it, which is what I've tried to do, then things go smoother. I love that. Is there another genre you would like to venture into, or do you feel like you're in your sweet spot right now? Well, I've been um, doing a lot of really intense biblical research into certain things, and it's sparking these, I guess, maybe paranormal ideas. Ooh. But I don't know that I would ever be good at that. So maybe, maybe I would try horror or paranormal. I feel like you would have horror down. <laughs> Yes, I did. I just had a horror idea this morning, and it was triggered by my ex-husband. So (laughs) I'm always using my life. (laughs) 
Let me just interrupt for a second to let you know that Living in the Pages is part of the Frolic Podcast Network, a podcast community of everything romance-related, from book club-style discussion, author interviews, comedy, critique, you name it. Find new shows to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcast. And now, let's get back to our interview. Let's talk about Tuesdays with Taryn. It's one of my favorite things you do. You're just always encouraging and honest and unafraid, unapologetic. And it's a huge time intensive thing that you're doing for people that I'm grateful for. I feel like I spend so much time being an asshole about everything that <laughs> now that I <laughs> I see things a little bit differently, I have to be just as much toward that as I was an asshole. What made you cross over? Um, I feel like you've always been this way. Just let it be known. You've always well, been giving with your time with women. But I've also been a lot more judgmental, had a lot of ideas that I would shove on everyone. So I think that's changed a lot. I'm mm-hmm. more open with everything. Mm-hmm. I, you you helped that a lot. Your friendship over the years, for sure, has, has changed me. And then, uh, yeah, I guess consistent love. Consistent love softens a person's edges. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. The thing you've always made fun of me for. What? Love, love, love. <laughs> yeah. You hate it so much. Well, I don't. I don't. I know I'm, you I don't. I love, love. I hate what... I hate what people have done with it, specifically the male gender. So, mm. yeah, I'm. I've got softened edges, but let's not forget there's still a very pointy tip. Yes, there is. You've softened even toward men, even though you don't want to admit it. No, stop. <laughs> How did your love for Kevin James begin? <laughs> <laughs> it began with Hitch and yeah. King of Queens. <laughs> Where he was abused by a woman very similar to me in personality. (laughs) And I developed a soft spot. I remember the first time I found out you had a crush on Kevin James. My mind was blown. Well, you know, he has a very um, sexy innocence. (laughs) He's hilarious. I find him incredibly sexy. I know Especially you when he grows a little bit of facial hair. Paul Blart. Oh, you, but he's a, I mean, I've never seen them. I don't, I don't need to. <laughs> he is what he is to me. I love that you love him. There was one <laughs> other one that I get it, but it also caught me Kevin off. Costner. Oh, no, I didn't know that he's one. He's the love of my Kevin life. Kevin Costner for me is your, what's his name that you hate so much that I send pictures Robert to? Robert Redford? Yes. Kevin Costner is my Robert Redford. This is the end of a friendship. I cannot. He can act. He cannot he act. Could, he could in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He acted his way right into my heart. <laughs> OMG. <laughs> Hey, Nate is appalled. He was in, he was in Jerusalem being tortured for years. Have you ever noticed how he cannot maintain an accent for a single line? He doesn't need to because he's Kevin Costner. (laughs) Oh man, ugh, that is. We are gonna have to agree to disagree. I can't believe after 
all these years of friendship. I know. And do you remember the song that was released with that movie? Look into my eyes, you will see yes. what you mean. <laughs> Search your heart. <laughs> Search your soul. I know what our song's going to be. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, we've covered the Kevins. Let's do Fast Five. Okay. Show your binging. Ozark. You think I'd like it? Yeah, I gave up after the first season and then... Someone convinced me to go back, and it really is so good. It's up there with Breaking Bad, and I mocked anyone who said that, so yeah. Okay. Go-to meal. Um, red meat and potatoes. What's the one item of makeup you cannot live without? Mascara. Snapshot of a favorite memory. Looking down at Scarlett after she was born, and she, her eyes were open, and thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just made this. Oh. oh, stop it. I know. I just, I'm missing them extra bad right now. I, I'm not. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Vulnerability is strong. Nice. Are you going to watch Tiger King? I already did. I'm a huge fan. Huge. You are. Of the Tiger King. I am, yes. And oh. I know he did bad things, but he is the Tiger King. Grayley was saying he that is. last night. Like, I know he's terrible, but. I think he's sweet. I think I would like him if I met him. You know, there's something about him, and it may have been a little bit misdirected, but he he has a gift, and you're, it's very evident to see. I know it's, you know, it's funny, but there's also a very underlying, um, a man who's hurting, and he has a gift, and he just wants to be accepted, and he was... He was harassed by Carol for years and years. <laughs> you do love a man. I mean, let it be known. He has a mullet. Yeah. And oh. He's wonderful. And he's paying for what he did, but mm-hmm. I'm very happy to see Nicolas Cage is taking his role in a movie. Is that true? I thought that yes. was a joke because I saw it. Did you see Jimmy doing. Nicholas Cage as Tiger King. No, I think it's real. I think that's the world we're living in. Are you, I mean, hello. It made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Carol needs to pay. I'll just end with that. Do you have a mantra for this year? I do. And it's it's mainly one I've been saying to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel as I keep getting new challenges or if he gives me new things, I will go into the Bible and I will look at a story where a man messed up because it is mostly about men messing up. Mm -hmm. And I will see what he did and then not do that. I will say, I will not do any of this. And then I go to God and I say, I am no man. I will do this like a woman. (laughs) So... (laughs) My, that's all I've been saying lately. I am no man. I will do whatever you want me to do as a woman and do it better. As a woman and do it without, you know, the disobedience and the whining and, <laughs> you know, I can go on and on about all the things like Samson becomes a superhero, a literal superhero. And God says, do not cut your hair. And it's a no brainer. It's a no-brainer. You're the only superhero on the planet. Why? Why did he allow his hair to be cut? Mm-hmm. Because he's a man, and I am no man. 
Well, it's time for us to sing a song. Oh, boy. And I think you're right. I had written down Let It Go from Frozen, but now I think we have to do... Listen to your heart. You will see what (laughs) you (laughs) mean to me. Search your heart. (laughs) Search your soul. You search no more. Don't tell me. (laughs) It's not worth trying for. There's nothing I want more. Oh, I'll fight for you. I die for you. Cross the wire for you. I'll die for you. You know it's true. Everything. This is not not okay. This is my moment. Your little riffing notes there. Do that little riff again. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm grateful for that author we won't name because she's so mean who brought us together with that writing group. (laughs) We're what she has done right. Well, we found each other uh, among the muck and the mire. Yes, we did. That's right. Well, I haven't even drank any of my gin and tonic yet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought you might have been on round two by now. No, not. but I have been singing in that voice all over the house just for the kids. What's the best and worst part of quarantine for you? Oh, we're still on our interview? Well, I mean, it can be done. <laughs> Um. (laughs) I love you. Thanks for doing this today so much. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Oh, my word. We got so carried away. I forgot to ask when she's going to help me finish Casper. Uh, Maybe next time she comes on the show. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. We're going to take a little summer break. I will see you in the fall. Why haven't you got chickens? You should have chickens. I don't know what I would do with them in the winter. They go to the slaughter. (laughs) 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 I'll be named with little ribbons in their hair. Rabbits scare me. I don't know why anyone would want a rabbit with their little red eyes. They scream when they get scared. Babies are Living in the Pages is now part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast.